Issues we like to draw your attention to here on Speaking Out are the overrepresentation of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children in the child protection system and the overrepresentation of Indigenous people in the criminal justice system, particularly women and juveniles. A new book aimed at practitioners and policymakers looks at these issues. Children, Care and Crime, Trauma and Transformation is a forthcoming release from Routledge and co-authored by Alison Gerard, Andrew McGrath, Emma Colvin and Annette Gainsford. Associate Professor Annette Gainsford joins me now. She is the Associate Dean, Indigenous Teaching and Learning at the Office of the Pro Vice-Chancellor, Indigenous Leadership and Engagement at UTS. Annette, welcome to Speaking Out. Yeah, thank you, Larissa. Thank you for having me. Now, just before we get into the book, I just thought maybe you could share with us a little bit about where you grew up and where you get your values from. Yeah, so I am a Wiradjuri woman. I am from Bathurst, New South Wales. I have uh, ancestral links to to Wellington. My my nan grew up in Wellington, New South Wales, and I definitely get my values from through my family, through my ancestral links, and through my grandmother's knowledge that was passed down to me as the oldest granddaughter. But also, I've been living and working on country now um, since I was born and um, I've I've been able to to sit and listen to those stories through my grandmother and through other people in the community that, community that have really shaped my values and I think that it's really important um, I have a, a very good sense of connection to country and um, the, the ways in which um, country has shaped me and, and my unique connection. Well, the book we're here to talk about is, of course, uh, a part of this very important work that you're doing. Um, children, Care and Crime, Trauma and Transformation looks at the experience of children in the out-of-home care system and in the criminal justice system. What research did you undertake for the book? Yeah, so we looked at a range. It was a multimodal range of research. So we looked at um, ways in which that we could um, gather research from um, court observations and file reviews, um, qualitative interviews, but we also were able to to access people um, working as justice practitioners, magistrates and police to gather the evidence um, for the research for the book. My area of um, expertise, there was um, four, four people, four authors in the book. We had a, a lawyer, um, Alison Gerard. We had um, Andrew McGrath, who is a psychologist. We had Emma Colvin, who's a criminologist, and myself from an Indigenous education background and Indigenous curriculum perspective background. So one thing that we wanted to do is we wanted to embed the Indigenous perspectives across the book. We didn't want to have the Indigenous content in a chapter as a sense of other. We wanted to privilege Indigenous voice and provide a platform in each chapter for the Indigenous component and the the intersection between the Indigenous component and, and the chapter content. What were some of the key findings, in particularly in relation to the links between colonisation and criminalisation? Yeah, so some of the links between colonisation were that, you know, we don't really, we, we still have um, colonial areas that influence the criminal justice system. We have areas um, around, 
you know, changing of attitudes and practices by police. We need to look at to reduce the interaction with children. We have, you know, the re-traumatisation and the intergenerational traumas um, of children. But we also um, areas of criminalisation and colonisation and how we're still in that deficit-based narrative. We have policies and ways in which that policies aren't held accountable um, when when um, we're, we're talking about criminalisation of children, but also just the um, the ability for Indigenous communities to advocate for their children and autom- autonomy to assert their sovereign rights. So, so those areas were, were definitely. Um, areas that we looked at, um, ways in which culture com- contributes to the success and success and strength, and you know linking um, children's success and strength to to culture and how it needs to be normalised, not neglected within the criminal within the the out of home care system and also um, in the criminal justice system. One of the really interesting aspects about the book is your critique of the hope trope. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is and why it's so dangerous? Yeah, so it's really dangerous because we know that um, Hope's Tropes looks at um, ways in which, like, we're doing really great things. We've got all these policies, we've got all these practices and processes, but really is that is that what's um, happening? So we're looking at... Um, ways in which we were able to look at the research is what is um, in the criminal justice system and the ways in which the policies and the strategies are happening. It looks good on paper, but is it really happening? Is it really accountable? Is it really including things like Indigenous voice and community ways in which that is interacting with the, the system as well? There are, of course, some major critiques of the system almost at every step of the way in the book, but you also offer an alternative. What are the transformative approaches that we should be looking at instead? Yeah, so we're looking at strengths-based approaches. So if we even look at, say, the Royal Commission into the um, Detention and Protection of Children in the Northern Territory, you know, Indigenous cultures often often looked at a deficit-based rather than a strengths-based approach, a process in which we can look at the every step of a child's journey, the the, the journey in the residential care system, the, the journey in the interaction with police, the journey through the provision of legal services, the experience of children in the court system, which is such a fast pace, the inability of the inability of magistrates to listen in that process but also a trauma-informed response approach which really privileges a strengths-based approach and enables the power of healing in the process as well. Now, um, you mentioned earlier that you've had, had your PhD conferred. I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about what led you to undertake your postgraduate studies and tell us a bit about the research you did in that area. The book encapsulates one area of my research and I definitely have a passion and a personal interest in home care system and I do have another passion which is education and um, my PhD research is in the um, embedding of Indigenous knowledges into higher education and I did international case studies in legal education. So um, I was working at Charles Sturt University at the time where um, I was the one of the, the 
lead Indigenous academics on the first Australian law degree to include um, Indigenous cultural competency across core, core legal content. And that led me to um, looking at a range of um, legal education areas and legal education internationally where Indigenous content and Indigenous knowledges were embedded. And um, I particularly looked at the, the Charles Sturt University case study and, and what we were doing at Charles Sturt University. But I knew that the Charles Sturt University law degree had ample international contextualization for other people to learn from but I knew that there were other law degrees out there doing similar and um, I, I researched a number of other areas and I then had contacts with the University of Victoria in British, British Columbia in Canada and they have a, a joint law degree in um, Indigenous um, law and um, common law and I was able to work with um, people like Val Napoleon, um, John Burroughs, Jeremy Weber, Rebecca Johnson on ways in which they in Canada were implementing and embedding First Nations um, knowledges into law curriculum as well. So the PhD included um, qualitative interviews with um, Indigenous and non-Indigenous law academics, uh, focus groups with Indigenous curriculum stakeholders, so um, people from community, um, Indigenous and First Nations peoples from community who have um, a, a stakeholder component in developing curriculum for law degrees um, in higher education. And also I wanted to capture the student voice because I think that that was really important to look at the impact of embedding Indigenous knowledges into a law curriculum and how Indigenous voice um, was being um, looked at and how Indigenous knowledges were being looked at by our students and looking at their student experience. So um, I did focus groups with, with law students, Indigenous and non-Indigenous. Well, you're such a passionate advocate for Indigenous education and for education generally. If there are people there listening thinking, maybe I should do a PhD, what would your advice be to them? Yes, and people often ask me about this and I think that, you know, I always talk about the stars aligning and um, it, it definitely did with my honours research as well. Um, so um, I, I came across a wonderful um, um, Koori woman, um, Michelle Evans, who, who really introduced me to the world of research and um, was my honours supervisor and then obviously went on to do a PhD and, um, you know, I had wonderful expertise um, with supervisors. But I think my main um, advice would be Yes, definitely the stars aligned for me, um, but it was an area that I was really passionate about. So there is a really common um, theme that runs through my research practice and, and, and it is education, Indigenous education. And um, whether that's um, me being a teacher, so obviously I came from an education background, working as an Aboriginal education worker in schools, working in welfare position, positions in community, working as a teacher and then coming in into higher education and focusing on Indigenous education in the higher education sector. But um, my PhD has opened a world of opportunity for me and um, I, I'm really thankful that I had the support of wonderful colleagues and my family. But I would say my advice would be to, to pick an area that you're passionate about 
And it's really about determination. It's about strength and determination and really believing in what you're writing about and what you're researching. And it definitely gets you through. But there's a lot of resilience involved in writing a PhD. Um, A wise colleague said to me, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. And that's definitely it. Um, And the other Um, advice I give is I worked on my PhD every single day, even if it was just organising my research um, for the next day. But for four years, I basically worked on my PhD for every single day. And it's just increments and little bit by little bit to be successful. Well, Lynette, congratulations on the book. And thank you so much for stopping by speaking out and sharing with us your important work and your inspiring education story. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. And um, it's a pleasure to to share my work and um, to share the, the research with everybody. So thank you. Associate Professor Annette Gainsford is the Associate Dean Indigenous Teaching and Learning at UTS. She is one of the authors of Children, Care and Crime, Trauma and Transformation, published by Routledge.